The warm air, the sounds of baseball, it's got you thinking about hitting the road. And no matter where your adventures take you, Subaru of Gwinnett has a vehicle to get you there safely and in style. Like the 2024 Subaru Outback, sporting standard symmetrical all-wheel drive and up to 32 miles per gallon. Or the 2024 Subaru Forester, the SUV with a spacious and comfortable interior for everyone you want to bring along. Start your shopping online at SubaruofGwinnett.com, then come see us for a test drive on Satellite Boulevard in Duluth. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? This is the Punt and Pass Podcast. Touchdown, baby! Now, here are your hosts, two-time All-American punter Drew Butler. Mark Rick would like Drew Butler to hit it a mile in the air. And he did. What a kick. And the SEC's career leader in touchdown passes and completions, Aaron Murray. Touchdown! In stride as he crosses the goal line. Put it right on his hip. What a throw. Now, with the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football, it's the Punt and Pass Podcast. Get to the house! Sideline! Pylon! Touchdown! And the dogs are on the board first. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been lame. All right, welcome in to the Punt and Pass podcast, Aaron Murray. It's been a while. I'm your host, Drew Butler, and it is February the 8th. Football is over. The Super Bowl wrapped up this past weekend. The second portion of National Signing Day happened yesterday, and now all we have to look forward to, I guess, Aaron, is like the combine and then like spring ball and the NFL draft. It's uh, it's a tough place to be in, but that's why we're here recording yet another punt and pass podcast. How are you doing, my man? Doing good. Yeah, there's still plenty to talk about, and obviously that Super Bowl this past weekend, it was really <laughs> generous of you. I told you, man, my Philadelphia I Eagles. I actually, I can't say my Philadelphia well, Eagles. You were I'm there. not. I, I I was there, but it's not like I grew up a Philadelphia Eagles fan or anything like that. If anything, I'm more of a Falcons fan nowadays. But it, just from top to bottom, by far a more talented football yeah, team. Yeah, you said it. Especially when Cooks went out early in that game, and obviously you take away that major deep de- threat down the field. But yeah, yeah, big time. The one thing that just it, it bothers me, and I love to get your input on this. Why all the hate for Tom Brady? <laughs> it's just, it's, I mean, just, it's he's the control. It's, it's he, like the dude's 40 years old. Yeah. He threw for 505 yards against probably one of the probably top two or three defense in the NFL this year. The way they played the talent on that defense, missing two of his best receivers threw for 505 yards at the age of 40. You know, and it's, I, and it's I like the Yankees. Little, it's like LeBron yeah. James. It's like yeah. some people didn't like Tiger Woods. I mean, if you're the best at what you do, you're going to draw a lot of negative attention for whatever reason. And Tom Brady just defies all odds. I mean, he's 40 years old and throws for damn 500 yards and three tutties in the Super Bowl in watch, a losing effort. Did you did you watch his little Tom vs. Time on Facebook? <laughs> I just saw the clips, and I saw, like, his son uh, and kissing and stuff. Oh, okay. I don't know. It's kind of weird. See, of course, see the, the negativity. <laughs> no, I, I heard it's a jumps. great I heard it's a great it thing. Is, it is, for everyone listening, if, if you're not that much of a Tom Brady, Tom Brady hater, or even if you are, I, I suggest going to watch it. It, it. It's impressive. His dedication on and off the field from the yes. diet to his training to – the sacrifices he makes in his life, it's th- there's a reason why he's the best. Does so, he drink wine? Because I'm having a glass of Cabernet right now. Is that on the TB12 sorry, method? Is that, I actually, I may have to go buy the book soon. You know, I have gotta, the book. I have the book. Do you? I got it for Christmas. Yeah, I should probably well, look send, into hydration. If, if you're not going to read it, just send it over to your boy. You need alkaline water. I know. He says no to carbonated water, and I love sparkling water, so... 
we're already at odds. We'll talk a little bit more about the Super Bowl in a second, but we have a great episode for everyone tonight. We're going to touch on everything that happened on National Signing Day. A couple of crazy commitments went down. A couple of coaches put their name in the news. I have some strong opinions about that. We also have an interview, Aaron, an awesome interview that we recorded a couple weeks back with one of the top recruits in all of college football, Trevor Lawrence, the five-star quarterback from Cartersville, Georgia, who is now a Clemson Tiger. We have a quick interview with him, and you and I just get to get everybody caught up on what's going on in college football but you're right the Super Bowl just finished and you and I made a bet we made a bet when we were at the touchdown club of Atlanta I like the Patriots and I liked Tom Brady you told me to pump the brakes we put a dinner bet on the line Um, you came knocking for the bet and you said Drew I've got an offer for you you don't have to take Sharon and I out to dinner. You can just make a donation to ESP. That's Extra Special People in Athens, Georgia. It's an initiative that you hold very close to your heart. Your brother, Josh Murray, also is extremely involved in it. And you guys have a big pageant this weekend. Tell us about that. Yeah, so we have the Big Hearts pageant. And we've been a part of this. Just not myself, but it's pretty much been a full Murray uh, thing for us, uh, trying to be with these kids, help these kids, support these kids. And it's been a blast. I remember seven years ago when they started going, this is ESPs with kids with mental and physical disabilities. There was probably at this pageant, a couple hundred people, 200, 300 people in a gymnasium. Now they completely sell the classic center. Thousands of people are coming. They do the whole performance where you have the opportunity to bring these kids on stage and they practice this for months and months, whether it's singing, dancing, telling jokes. I mean, it's, it's their night to shine and it's an amazing event. Uh, for the past six, seven years, I've been an escort for the event. So my job was to walk the kids on stage. Some of them get a little nervous. So you have to encourage them. Sometimes you got to drag them on. Sometimes <laughs> you have to make sure they don't jump into the stand. Some want to crowd surf. So you got to hold them back a little bit. It's just amazing to see these kids. So this year I've, I've kind of graduated. I'll be emceeing the event okay. along with Josh. Uh, my sister will be uh, she'll be an escort as well this year. And then I've kind of, I've started to kind of pass it, uh, the reins along to the younger guys. Yeah. So you'll have Jake from Lorenzo Carter, Davin Bellamy. And I think a few of the other guys on the football team coming out there and they'll be escorting the kids on and off the stage. So it's going to be a great event. If anyone doesn't know about ESP extra special people, I, I, I beg you to go check them out. Um, Josh and I are currently raising money to send these kids to camp this year. Uh, for those who don't know, it costs, about $2.5 million to raise a kid with special needs. Yeah. And it costs about a thousand dollars to send these kids to camp. So we're trying to raise money. You can, you can find the, the, everything you need to know uh, on their website, on my Instagram, uh, go and donate, go and learn because these kids, uh, they just want to have some fun this summer. So any donation, whether it's a dollar, whether it's $20, Whatever it might be goes a long way to support these these wonderful people. Yeah, extra special people just from my previous experience with them because the University of Georgia football team works a lot with them. It is a fantastic group. Aaron, the things that you and your family have done and what you continue to do is extremely admirable, and I, I appreciate what you do for them. But if anybody can help out, go check it out. It's Aaron's uh, doing it on his Twitter right now. You can raise money. You can donate whatever, $1, $5, $100. Check. ESP at out on Twitter. They are at ESP underscore Inc. So at ESP underscore INC and help out Aaron and Josh in the Bold Brothers Big Hearts pageant, which is coming up 
this weekend. So good on you, Aaron. That's awesome, and I hope it goes really well. Okay, so let's jump right into the football news of the week. And as we have previously mentioned on this episode already, yesterday was part two of National Signing Day. As you can remember, the early signing period was in December, and today it is over. So the 2018 signing classes are finalized, and guess what, Aaron? Georgia finishes up with the number one recruiting class according to all three major scouting services. That's Rivals.com, ESPN.com, and 247.com. Again, we're an SEC football podcast, Aaron. We talk all about the SEC, and we cover every single team that needs to be covered. Timing-wise, could not have been better because we're both Georgia alumni, and Georgia almost won the national championship, and now Georgia finishes with the unanimous number one recruiting class in the nation. They got another five-star on National Signing Day, a couple more four-stars, and they just ran away with what seems to be literally one of the best signing classes of all time. Kirby Smart has something going on in Athens, Georgia. Yeah, it's pretty amazing what he's been able to do in two short years. But you also have to go back to, and we've discussed it playing this past season, just how weak the SEC is right now. Yeah. It really is. It's it's a weak conference when it comes to really a couple top-heavy teams, and then everyone else is kind of lagging behind a little bit right, right now. And, and I look forward to next season of Florida, uh, South Carolina, even at LSU, who's had a, had a pretty good recruiting class. Those guys stepping up a little bit, trying to make it a little bit more balanced of a league. But right now, even the whole landscape of, of college football, if you had to say three teams right now who are just dominating on the football field and then off the football field and recruiting, it's Georgia, it's Alabama, and it's Clemson. Yeah. Those three teams, what they've been able to do these past few years, and, and everyone always talks about it's not about you know, it's just reload. It's yeah. reload time where we got these guys waiting in the wings, these five stars, these four stars that somehow you, you find a way to convince these kids that, Hey, it's okay that you can come and sit, sit for a year, sit for two years. We're going to make you a stud. And if someone gets injured, we made, we may need you a little bit earlier than that, but these coaches have done a tremendous job. And, and I see those three programs continue to, to excel on the football field based on what they're doing in recruiting and you throw in there an Ohio State, a Penn State, those those two programs as well continue to build. For sure. I mean, you just said it. What happens off the field correlates usually to what happens on the field. And is there a shift happening? You just you just spoke about how the SEC is weak overall, but I'm looking at these rankings, and again, these are just signing day rankings, and as former players, you and I probably don't put as much into recruiting as maybe some other people do, but Georgia is ranked 1-1-1 one, one, and one on the three major recruiting uh, aspects. Okay, The next SEC team, Alabama's ranked 4 on ESPN. They're ranked 7th on Rivals and 8th on 24-7. That's the next SEC team. And then you got your Auburns, your LSUs, your South Carolinas, and your Florida sprinkled around on the backside. But it seems like, you know, Georgia finished with the third class. Last year, they get the first class. This year, um, they're doing something right. And you look at the guys that they're getting, the number one dual threat quarterback, the number two cornerback, the number one offensive guard, the number one cornerback. I mean, it's it's the number one offensive guard, number two offensive guard, number three tackle. I mean, the receivers, it's it, it really is. 
I mean, I think the big one today, the, the Tommy Bush kid, 6'4", 189. Yes. That's an impressive. That's around the highlights of him uh, during the day. And, and seeing him, you have a kid that big, able to run that fast. It's like what y'all ran at I Plant. You, he just runs nine routes, and you just chuck yeah, it just up run, for just 600 run, go, yards four, you, run four, you run four four verticals. You look off the safety, and you throw the open guy. And it's a. <laughs> yeah. I remember one game we threw four verts, I think like six or seven straight plays for touchdowns against some poor team <laughs> that didn't understand that you just got to change it up. You can't yeah. just run cover three because I'm going to look the safety off, throw the opposite way, and it's going to be a 70-yard touchdown. And <laughs> That's so great. We we just went racking up yards, baby. I loved it. Tommy Bush. Okay, so speaking about the recruiting rankings, we can kind of go into the best commitment videos of the day. I don't know if you saw Tommy Bush's commitment video, but he's at his school in the gymnasium or cafeteria, wherever he was, and he was all covered up, right? They didn't know where he was going to go. And somebody behind him passes, I believe it was his niece, I don't know if you saw the video, Aaron, but passes him his niece. They take the coat off the niece. She, it's a little baby. I mean, the baby is wearing a Georgia shirt. Tommy Bush takes the baby, like holds her up Simba style, and the baby is just bawling, screaming, happy. crying. I thought it was creative. I give him a few creative points because it wasn't all about himself. He brought his niece into it, but um, the niece looked like she wanted him to go to Florida or Texas or somewhere else other she than Georgia. Happy. How many she, creativity points would you give old Tommy Bush for bringing the crying baby into I, I, I give him a, on a scale of 1 to 10, I'm going to give him a a 7 for creativity, but I'm going to give him a 4 for execution. Yeah, yeah. you Just poor execution. You have to get everyone in understanding their role, and obviously the baby did not understand its role. No, she didn't. Don't cry. uh, You know, don't Don't cry. cry. I don't care how old you are. This is your time (laughs) to shine. You just need to stick in there and uh, smile for the cameras. Speaking of of babies, though. Oh, yes. Will the Thrill. Big shout out to Will the Thrill. Had his first child, a baby boy. Will Matthews. Eight and a half pounds. A baby boy. Eight and a half pounds. Congratulations to you and your wife. The baby's good. I heard mama's good as well. So cheers to you, Will. I'll have another glass of wine. For Little Thrill, who has just been welcomed into the world the night of February the 7th. So, big time congratulations. Good heads up, Aaron. Thanks for the news break. Yeah, baby George. So, we'll see if that, if it, for all those who don't know, good old Thrill, he's a, he's a wild child. <laughs> That's why we call him Thrill. Yes, absolutely. So, we'll see, we'll see if this first baby kind of, uh, simmers him down a little bit if he's still bringing the juice day in and day out no question no question okay another commitment video we have to get to and these are guys who have committed to georgia but again they're the guys who had the best commitment videos of the day four-star linebacker quay walker from core deal georgia the dirty deal down there in south georgia he puts on a tennessee hat aaron fools everybody i mean i'm seeing tweets from the likes of anthony dasher roddy nabolsi saying quay walker to tennessee georgia didn't get him he dukes everybody out, right? So he takes off the Tennessee hat and chucks it 30 yards away from him. Now, to me, I laughed. I thought it was funny. He ended up committing and signing to the University of Georgia. But Tennessee Twitter did not take uh, too kindly to that. Now, Vol Twitter has shown how powerful they can be by the upheaval of the Greg Schiano hiring news that they um, canceled, to put it at a, at a, at a kind word, but... I just thought he was excited, and he was in the moment, and he like took the hat off and threw it. I mean, he could have put it on the ground kindly, but 
look, he put the hat on, ripped it off, put George on, and said, I'm excited to be a dog. And he's 17 years old. He put out a tweet to Aaron and said, like, hey, y'all, I'm sorry. I wasn't trying to be disrespectful. I just got caught up in the moment. Yeah, you got the adrenaline's flowing a little bit. It's just like it's just like the first play of a game for myself. I always told Bobo, don't let me throw it. Don't don't call a go route because yeah. I'm gonna I'll throw the guy about about ten yards. You know the juices were flowing a little bit. He probably tossed the hat about twenty yards farther than he was anticipating. <laughs> but listen, he, the kid's having fun. He's a young kid. The last thing he needs to feel is guilty at all on a, on a big day like this. And I mean, it'll all blow over. I'm sure there'll be. I hope there's not because I don't know how it, it will help Tennessee at all next year. Some build build uh, bulletin board material kind of saying, "Hey, I mean, this I guy guess. disrespected us," but I I don't see it. It's like I said, it's a young kid having some fun. Good for him. He's just getting excited. But I mean, that's a big turn. He was originally committed to Alabama. Oh yeah. And then decide, obviously, you know, hey, maybe Pruitt now going to Tennessee. Maybe I'll go over there with him. But decides to stay home. Another big. Big day. It just it still felt weird though, I have to say in general. Today's signing day just was not as not as exciting. No, it was it a little wasn't. bit there was definitely some of these big five star guys that the couple cornerbacks from Miami, the one that went to Alabama, one that went to Georgia, uh Quay Walker come in, you know, flipping to Georgia, but it just it wasn't there. It wasn't like when you and I were coming through that big signing day in February. Yeah. Everyone has been anticipating it. It just it wasn't there, but uh, we'll see if they, they decide to flip it. We'll see if they decide to keep it next year. I'm sure, and we'll discuss it later. Uh, Nick Saban and his oh, thoughts. God. Don't even get me started about that. I'll, we'll get, I'll let you bring it up and, and, and let you uh, share your views on him. We'll certainly touch on that later. But you know, if if Tennessee fans or if like Jeremy Pruitt literally uses Quay Walker's commitment video as like bulletin board material. Um, they're going to need to stick their shoulders back in their socket because that is quite the reach. Am I right, Aaron? That is a it's tough just a little reach. bit. It's a little bit, but hey, listen. If if one thing I know about Pruitt, and I think you do too, and I think everyone in the state of Georgia He'll knows, do anything he is a wild child. Yeah. He's a wild man. So you never know what, what what he may what he may bring out to get his guys juice because Jeez. he's going to need something. The way they recruited and the way Georgia's recruited and the way they just ran through them last year they could use anything to get those guys excited no you're right and uh you know you scour twitter all day you're like updating your i don't know your news feed trying to see where people are committing to and everybody's breaking out with some viral video and then sony michelle former running back at the university of georgia puts a great tweet out and i'll read it right here at fly guy two stack says attention all recruits this is a direct quote Stop all the corny commitment tactics because you will get your ass roasted in the locker room once you get there with a bunch <laughs> of crying face emojis. I would have to agree with him. I mean, just walk out, say you're thankful to everybody that helped you, and I'm excited to continue my career at said university. Speaking of a guy who did, 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 did this, okay, this is such a bizarre story. And, Aaron, you and I have to get to the bottom of it before we go to our interview with Trevor Lawrence. Four-star wide receiver Jacob Copeland commits to the University of Florida, and his mom walks out on him. I mean, this is on ESPNU. His mom's sitting right next to him. I think it was between Alabama, Tennessee, and Florida, and another school might have been on there as well. The mom was wearing a Tennessee hat, an Alabama sweatshirt. The guy behind him, the guy behind him was wearing a Tennessee jacket. A lot of people were wearing Tennessee stuff. A few Alabama mixed in. This dude reaches in for the orange and blue and says, I'm going to Florida. 
Murray, his mom, gets up and walks away from him. And to make matters worse, the reporter for ESPN goes, hey, uh, who just walked away from you? And he goes, that's my mom. And he goes, why did she walk away from you? He goes, I don't know. I mean, it was the most uncomfortable <laughs> thing I've ever seen. And you and I have to get to the bottom of this. Well, what, what I want to know happened? is why, why doesn't she know ahead of time? I mean, my mom knew for weeks. I'm sure of most course. moms know because they want to get their outfit ready. They want to yes. make sure that whenever you commit, they do the same thing. They, they take a jacket off and they have some Georgia gear. They're going to throw a hat on or whatever it may be. So I, I want to know why she was not involved in understanding what was actually happening that day. Why he, why would you want to surprise her as well? She just was confused. She was wearing every <laughs> Is color. Is that what you think? But you, you think she was, do you think she, she was, was mad that she had the wrong wardrobe on? Yeah, she was a little mad. She had the wrong wardrobe on. She's probably pissed off. Hey, I look like an idiot. I'm wearing Alabama and Tennessee gear, and you commit to Georgia. You could have let me know ahead of time, like, hey, mom, I'm not gonna tell you, but I, I think you should wear something black or red. Yeah, I'm not gonna tell you a team, but just wear something black or red for this this little ceremony we're about to happen this afternoon. It was so bizarre, and and poor Jacob Copeland starts crying. I mean, he's crying when he's doing his interview. The mom's gone. Um, the lady behind him like gasped when he picked the Florida hat. She was like, <gasps> and then her husband like consoled her. I mean, it, it looked like this guy said, uh, do, you, do you think it was staged though? Uh, no, I, I've got conspiracy, you miss your conspiracy guy on, over dude. here. Come on. I'm dude. coming you with this. Honestly I honestly th think that mom's mad. She's wearing the wrong hat and the wrong sweatshirt. Something's going on here. There is a deep story saying, no, to this. That's what I'm saying though. I, I think maybe Everyone wants something flashy, exciting. They want to get on TV and they want to get their names out there and all this good stuff. So maybe it was a thought like, hey, let's let, let's piss off mom. Let's have her storm off like she's mad at you and then come back and console you afterwards. I, I, know, I, I it worked. I mean, we're talking about it. We're talking are. about ESPN. They're getting a lot. of. If he comes out there, does his normal, hey, I've committed to so-and-so, done with it, move on. It's not on ESPN. It may be for a quick second, and then you move on. This is on every news outlet. It is. It's on every ESPN. On it's on the pun pass for goodness sakes. Yeah, I mean, and we, and we don't just time. talk. We don't just talk about anything on the pun pass. It has no. to be pretty good. No, you're totally right. But so come, I'm saying come right on, now, Murray, come on. You think that she goes out there and says, "Let's do this for the ratings. We need to get on punt and pass." I mean, I don't, I don't blame her Listen, for doing she may that. She'd be like a big Kardashian fan, and ah. they just love. The drama and all that nonsense. Who I'm knows? not pointing any fingers, okay? I'm not making any accusations whatsoever. But there is something more to this story. Much like with what happened with Malcolm Butler in the Super Bowl, we don't know what happened, but something happened. Mama was uh, you expecting— got some inside scoop. I know, I know you know something about the Butler situation. Well, you should have texted your boy David Andrews. I mean, that's your center. You should have said, David, what happened? We need to get Boss on the Punt and Pass podcast— Boss said he wants to join us at some point. Okay, well, we'll get him on here. But maybe back we'll to get, Jacob maybe we'll Copeland's get, Maybe mom. we'll get Foles, baby. No, you're totally right. We can get Foles. We can get David Andrews. But I want to yeah. get uh, Jacob Copeland's mom on the Punt and Pass podcast oh, and say, Mrs. Oh. Copeland, what's the deal? Why were you wearing a Tennessee hat and an Alabama hoodie and your son picks Florida? What were you expecting to happen? You know, what – were you going to personally was, benefit? Was there, some was there some shady stuff going on? What were you personally going to benefit? Money under the table in Alabama know. or Tennessee uh, that allegedly, she's losing out on now. Allegedly. You can't say that. Allegedly. Who allegedly. knows? But she Who looked pretty upset. Now, I got to give her credit. She did come back 
and give him a hug and whisper into his ear. But my boy Mike Golick Jr. of ESPN tweeted out, and remember, Mike Golick was on the Punt and Pass podcast during National Championship Week. He tweeted out, easy, everybody's saying that mama came to say sorry, uh-uh. She whispered into his ear, you have no idea what's going to happen when you come home tonight, right? Because she <laughs> said, it's over. You are not, you have nowhere to sleep. You better, you better see if you can uh, somehow early enroll real quick and maybe miss a few weeks of class to Holy start up next cow. week. We can reach out to Coach Mullen, friend of the program, and uh, get his thoughts on what happened. But, dude, I'm telling you right now, that was one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen. And uh, I hope Jacob Copeland has a great career at Florida, and I hope his mom cheers him on because that, my friend, was it was bizarre. Is there any other adjective that you would want to add on to that debacle that we saw on ESPN today? No, it's completely just out there. Yeah. I don't know what to say. <laughs> just listen for all you recruits ahead of time, you know, know, know who, who mama is. And yeah, obviously they have some say, so just let her know ahead of time. Hey, listen, this is who I'm committing to. Yes. Just so you're ready to rock and roll. I love and, you and very much. And, and, school love is, you. and school is paid for. Yeah, school's paid for. You're welcome. All right. Well, uh, I want answers, so I'll 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 put my ear to the ground, Aaron Murray and Punt and Pass Nation, and I will find answers on the Jacob Copeland commitment saga. I promise you that. But speaking of big time commits and big time recruits and what goes on throughout the entire process when you're making one of the biggest decisions of your life. We have our next guest on the podcast, and Aaron, he's a huge guest, a five-star quarterback, now a Clemson Tiger officially. He is enrolled in school. We caught up with him at the Touchdown Club of Atlanta a couple weeks ago, and we have a fun, most importantly, a fun interview with him. So stick around right now. Right here is Trevor Lawrence, five-star quarterback from Cartersville, Georgia, now a QB for the Clemson Tigers. Okay, Aaron, we're at the Touchdown Club of Atlanta, and we have a big-time guest here. It is Trevor Lawrence, now a quarterback at Clemson University, number one overall recruit for the 2017, I guess 2018 signing class. But Trevor, thanks so much for joining us. Congrats on starting your college career. I'm just going to ask you a quick question off the bat because I know Aaron's lived it. Being such a highly recruited guy, I mean, is it stressful? Is it tough? Is it easy to manage while you're trying to figure out where to go to college also while being a high school football player? It can be kind of tough. I mean, it's not it's nothing, like, too crazy, but uh, that's why I try to make my decision early. I made it my junior year to kind of get it out of the way and have that last year to just focus on my high school team and, uh, and then doing well with those guys. Heading over here tonight, the one thing Drew was texting me, and he was just driving me nuts all night, all day heading here, was – what is he using his hair? I mean, the flow. I think Drew's a little jealous. He's about to have his first child. He, he feels like he's going to go bald with the, you know, not being able to sleep at night. So I, I know of our female guests want to know. I know you probably have a girlfriend or something like that. Any tips for a guy like Drew to kind of get the, the, the locks flowing a little bit more? Well, he's panting in my hair, so I don't know. <laughs> it, wor- it works for me. I love so. it. That's awesome. Okay, I actually have a question here, and I'm glad you asked that because we're going to have some fun to start off with it. We're taking this off. You, you cannot use the money to donate it to any charity, okay? This is a selfish question, all right? How much money would it take to cut your hair? How much money? Like 50 grand? I mean, and this is not, it's not happening. It's all hypothetical, so NCAA, and by the way, nobody listens to our podcast, so it's all good. (laughs) How much money? Are we talking like a million bucks? Is it part of who you are? What's the number? And again, you can't give it to charity, so don't feel bad. Uh, It probably wouldn't take that much, because I've had it for so long. I've thought about cutting it, so... 
I don't know, probably like 50,000. Like 50, that. five, zero. I like that. That's a good number, though. That's a good number, though. All right. I'll, you know, when, when Deshaun left um, Clemson University, it, it almost seemed like the stars kind of aligned, and, and you had a great opportunity to step in and have a shot to play as a true freshman. What's it been like? Is it everything you expected? Tell us about that football facility, because that thing looks pretty damn sweet. It's so nice, yeah. It, it makes it a lot easier to go into work, like the stuff they have us doing. It's, it's, it's hard work, but having a place that nice to be able to, uh, you know, uh, interact with all the other guys and stuff, it's it's awesome. But uh, it's a business. Like, it's a lot different than high school, so you're going in. Um, it's a lot different. I've been getting used to it. But I love all the guys there and all the coaches. They've been they've been helping me, so it's been good. What, what challenges do you see? I mean, obviously the game gets faster. The, the playbooks get a little bit bigger. Have you grabbed that playbook yet? Have you started to look at the terminology? I mean, what what in your mind is going to be your biggest challenge heading into this spring ball and heading into next season? I'd say just like playing up more up-tempo, you know, getting used to the speed of the game. Uh, as far as playbook goes, we ran a really similar offense in my high school, the spread with all the RPOs and stuff like that. So it'll be I think it'll be easy adjustment for that. Uh, just got to change the verbiage and all that stuff. But, I mean, I think just tempo and speed of the game is going to be a big adjustment. Did you see what Texas A&M's QB did, Nick Starkle? I don't know if you follow, like, on Barstool or, like, those college football blogs. He tweeted out, I guess he was out somewhere, and he tweeted out, hey, I just met this girl. She seemed really cool. I want to I wanna find her. And, like, Aggieland helped him find her. I don't know your personal situation. I don't know if you have a girlfriend or not. Would you use your superpowers of being a starting quarterback? Because we all know Aaron would. Would you send out a tweet and say, Tigerland, help me find this girl. Is that is that the kind of guy you are? No, I probably probably wouldn't do that. No. All right, I, I, well, that's good to know. That's good to know. Who do you model yourself after, throwing wise? You know, quarterback style. Maybe give me who you style your play after, and then I want to know who would play you in a movie about yourself. What actor? Uh. My favorite quarterback is Peyton Manning, but I think I, I think I play more like Aaron Rodgers a little bit. Uh, that's how I could kind of try to play a little bit more like him. But uh, and about who who would play me in a movie? Yeah, yeah. yeah we got to get some flow going, like Fabio or you know I don't, who else has some flow. The, the new the Aquaman guy from Hemsworth. Hemsworth is that what his name is? Uh, I don't know, someone like that. Aquaman. I don't know, but. Superhero type. Trevor Lawrence is like a legit six five and a half, six six. We're standing next to him right now. I'm walking through the halls, heading back to the room, and everyone's just staring at me. Like <laughs> they're like, "Damn, Aaron, we knew you were short, but holy smokes!" Aaron's sitting here going, "So this is what the scouts in the NFL were talking yeah, about." Yeah. Well, anything else for Trevor here, Aaron? No, man. Just want to wish you good luck. I'm, you know, it's a smart thing. Get in there early. Get to, get on the playbook. Dude. That's the biggest thing. Learn the playbook and work your butt off and. You got the height, you got the size, you got the flow, so you'll enjoy yourself at Clemson. If there's anything I can tell you, Trevor, and I know you're so, I mean, what, this is your third week going into college? My personal advice to you would be this. Listen to the people around you, not the Twitter people, not the fans. You have so many people in college athletics now, I think Aaron would attest, your coaches, your tutors, your support staff, they want to see you succeed. If you want to make it easy on yourself, listen to those people, do what they tell you to do, and the road will be pretty easy but again like Aaron said good luck with spring ball we're going to be following you we may even come up to Clemson and do a little road show so we'll holler at you then but appreciate your time man and congrats on the award you're winning tonight yeah thank you thank you all for having me awesome all right that was Trevor Lawrence Clemson University number one recruit out in the nation 
All right, that was a fun interview with Trevor Lawrence at the Touchdown Club of Atlanta. Appreciate his time stepping into a back room with Aaron and myself, and uh, we tried to have fun. And I think he gave some pretty fun answers as well. I don't. I, I can guarantee you, he had never heard of the Pun Pass podcast. I'm no sure. Chance. I'm sure he knew who you were, Aaron Murray, all-time ledge from the SEC and the University of Georgia. He looked at me like, what's this little guy coming up to me asking for <laughs> interviews, actually? And he had no idea who I was, obviously, <laughs> but it was really funny because everybody was walking around, and, and Trevor was like the hot shot. Him and Justin Fields were there. And Aaron, I mean, you hold your own. Everybody knows who Aaron Murray is, all-time great at the University of Georgia. And I felt bad for you, dude. He was just, he is legitimately six five and a half. He is tall He's as a, hell. Let's say what, him and Fields, if you want to... If you're looking at all these guys, they they want to pass the eye test. Both those guys pass the eye test. Oh my god! I, mean, I can Fields is a good looking kid too. He's six two and a half, six three, two twenty five. Uh, he walks around. I mean, he has his little hair too, which adds another about another inch or two. So I mean, he's a big kid. And then Trevor Lawrence is six four, six five. I mean, impressive looking QBs. Both those programs. Georgia and Clemson are in good hands uh, for the future. Yeah, and those dudes can sling it too. Maybe we'll see Trevor Lawrence uh, match up against some SEC teams here in the future. And uh, we tried to get in touch with Justin Fields, but my man Leland Barrow, uh, he said, no go, brother, because Kirby does not allow freshmen to talk to the media. And I said it on the last podcast, Aaron, we're not the media. We're the punt and pass podcast. We're Aaron and Yeah, we're here for these kids. He said, nice try, bro. So... No bueno there, but big time appreciation for Trevor and nice shout out to Pantene from him. So Pantene, Pantene that kind of caught me off guard, but <laughs> classic. The dude uses Pantene for his hair products. Got a great flow. Got great flow. Okay, a couple more topics to touch on. We're going to wrap up this edition of the Punt and Pass podcast. Signing day wrapped up and the coaches, they just keep talking, Aaron. They keep talking. Woe is me. Uh, life's tough. A lot of hard work. Two signing days is hard. You know, we have games to prepare for. There's not as many kids out there. Give me a break. I don't want to hear it. Before we get to that, though, maybe my favorite story of the offseason so far in college football, Aaron, is the hiring of Herm Edwards at Arizona State. Everybody knows that I lived in Phoenix for three and a half years. ASU was right up the road. Tempe, a great place. Mill Avenue, awesome scene. Sun Devils, Forkham, all that good stuff. Herm Edwards hasn't coached in 10 years. He's been on ESPN. He gets named the head coach at Arizona State. Dude hasn't coached college football in like 35 years. He has a quote today, Aaron, on ESPNU. This is his direct quote. This is unusual to me because in college football, the players choose the schools. But in NFL, the teams draft the players. He said that today on an ESPN interview. What gives? I mean, what is your athletic? He is so distant that? from. He's so distant from this game, uh, from college football. It's unbelievable. I, I don't. I would have loved to be a fly in the wall on his first team meeting. How he's able to relate to these kids. I mean, he hasn't coached in college football since what, I forgot what it was the eighties, like seventy nine. Yeah, it's it's been the world has changed. These kids ago. are completely different. The personalities. Uh, the shenanigans, all that stuff. It, I don't know how he can relate to these kids. And this is, once again, another per- perfect example of him just not being in touch uh, with the millennials of the world. And, I mean, he's recruiting kids that are born now in 2000. Oh. I mean, these kids are born in 2000. I, I, don't, I don't know how... cell phones. Buried yeah, in I don't know phones. how he walks into a, into a recruit's home and 
can say stuff like this, but we'll find out soon enough. We'll see how that spring practice goes and we'll see how the season goes for him and, and see if it's a, a success or if it's going to be an ultimate bust. I, <laughs> I I'm going with the latter. I think it's going to be a rough season for those guys. And for him, I think he's going to lose the team really early on yeah. by just some silly nonsense quotes and, that they're, they're, they're going to start to creep out about what he's saying to the media and what he's saying to his players in the locker room. I went to some local Arizona news that I, that I still follow. And uh, one of the outlets there had a sit down interview with Herm Edwards. And, and he was like, Hey, are you at all worried? Like people are questioning your ability to like call timeouts in situational football and like, like the easiest things in the world. And Herb Edwards had to stick up for himself and be like, well, John Gruden did it. Well, Dick Vermeil was out for 13 years. And he was like, having to say, hey, I'm going to be okay, but he just continues to prove us all wrong, I guess, in that regard when he says, I'm not used to having to recruit players. Buddy, that's the name of the game. And not only recruit is, players, but you got to talk to their parents now too, Murray. you got to say, hey. That is the majority I of your mean, job is goodness. recruiting. you got to bring these kids in. like you say, You're not drafting them. You don't get the pick who you get. You have to work at this. Yes. And that's why, you know, when I had the decision, do I want to get into – broadcasting do I want to get into coach and I'm like man I, I don't want to do it I don't want to, have to go into some 16 17 18 year old kids house oh, no. and just you saw Saban the other day having to go dance in the living room <laughs> Keep I the mean, shuffle. You, it worked I mean, you, gotta, you gotta eat all this food I mean I'm a picky eater now yeah. but if a recruits mom's like hey I made this for you and, and I absolutely hate it I gotta eat it yeah you gotta I gotta eat every piece of it I gotta enjoy it or I gotta find a dog to come under me and eat it you can't be telling mama like thanks, but no thanks. You gotta exactly. suck it you up and eat it all. go all in on the uh, the turkey, uh, the chitlins, the chitlins. You gotta do that. All right, we're gonna, we're definitely gonna continue to follow the Herm Edwards story. And if anybody from Arizona State's listening, fly Aaron and I out, pay us a nice little fee, and we will talk to Herm Edwards on how to relate to college football players. I think we would be really good at that, Aaron, and we could do a live punt and pass podcast from his head coaching office. That would be great for him to get his side of the story out and, and get his voice heard by some 18 to 22-year-old men. I guess 14 to 18 if you're recruiting them. But, wow, Herm Edwards, we're, we're rooting for you, buddy. Best of luck. Last story, last topic we're going to talk about, Aaron. This one got me fired up this morning on Twitter. Coach Saban. You were juiced, man. Everyone, I had, I had coworkers coming in to me saying, man, Drew is fired up right now. <laughs> you They're know like, what, holy smokes. Are, are, you, like, yeah, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Nick Saban. Now, I have nothing but respect for Nick Saban. I, I really do. He is the greatest college football coach of all time. That's obvious. He is going to go down as one of the best football coaches ever, period. But when it comes down to the nitty-gritty, this dude will say anything, okay? He will visit any TV set. He will pander to whoever he has to to get his way because it's his way or the highway. And you know what? It's worked for him up to this point, so I don't blame him. But here's his quote when talking with ESPN analyst Greg McElroy. Wednesday morning. This is about the second of two signing periods. Coach Saban says, I think there's quite a few changes. This is the first time we've been through it. It made the recruiting a lot more intense in December when you were trying to practice and get ready for championship games. Now it's really intense because there's fewer players available and less players to fall back on, if that makes any sense. So I think the combination of those two things has made it really different 
management. So he's saying it's hard, Aaron. It's hard. We've got games to prepare for. You know why it's hard to Nick Saban? Because he's so stuck in his ways, and it's worked for him so well in the past. Guess what? Throw a little ruffle in there, and Alabama ain't in the top five in recruiting rankings. Is it a direct correlation? I don't know. But this is what I said on Twitter that got pretty decent feedback. And I got this from Mike Tomlin, the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, when I played for him back in 2012 and 13. He said, never, ever feel bad for football coaches. Okay, And I don't. I don't feel bad for football coaches. Because the simple matter of the fact is that they coach a kid's game for a king's ransom. Nick Saban's getting paid $11 million a year to coach at Alabama, Aaron. He's going to come out and say, it's hard to recruit two times when I have to prepare for football games. Give me a break. Newsflash, nobody feels bad for you. Obviously, Kirby's found something right in Athens. Obviously, Tom Herman has found something right in Austin, Texas. And Urban Meyer has got a little niche going on in Columbus, Ohio as well. Just because Lord Nick Saban doesn't like how it is, he's got to get on his soapbox, talk to whoever he can, try to get things fixed back to his way. Just like back in 2007 and 11 when he said, hey, you should have to win your conference to play for a national championship. You shouldn't have to win your conference to play for a national championship. Let me put my red blazer on and get on college game day this season and say Alabama deserves to be in the college football playoff. Come on, man. I've got nothing but respect for you. But right here, just put a smile on and say things are okay in Tuscaloosa and we're working hard to get the best recruits. Off my soapbox, Aaron. I love it. I love <laughs> I love when you get going. It just gets me really excited over here. I Listen, I see where he's coming from. And I completely agree. I go back to December, especially these guys that have the early bowl games, these teams that have bowl games and say – uh, even before Christmas, the fact that they have to go out there and recruit, get all that going while also practicing, while also having to deal with travel for a bowl game. I don't care. And like, <laughs> keep going. I'm sorry. I, I know don't you care. don't care. I know you don't care. But I, how are you supposed to get ready for a game? How are you supposed to watch film as a coach? How are you supposed to organize practices? Say, you, say you're getting ready for a week of practice, but you're going against a t- another team for a recruit, and you have a game in four days, and that team is flying out to go visit that recruit. What are you going to do? Are you going to go visit him, or are you going to make sure your team's ready to rock and roll for that you're game next week? find a way, and you're There's, not going to make excuses. Excuses are team, for the incompetent. I'm not, I'm not making excuses. I'm just being honest here. Unless you are, say, a Georgia or an Alabama or these big schools that, that, that have, like, a private jet or a helicopter or whatever these guys have Dude, nowadays, they can just fly, fly in. Look, hey, man, these coaches, yeah, but these name me a coach schools, that goes and checks school, in through the airport and gets on a commercial jet. I'm saying these smaller schools don't have private jets like these big time schools. I'm saying it's a disadvantage for the smaller schools who are playing You're right. earlier, you, earlier yes, bowl yes. games. They're playing earlier bowl games. They're not playing after Christmas. So now they're really hindered. I have to go f- to, first of all, most of these college towns aren't near major airports. So you have to travel to a major airport, jump on a plane, go to a place, get back for practice. Listen, I, I'm thinking of everything. Yes, I'm making you excuses. No, mostly, you're, no, you're not making excuses. Mostly, you're making a point. It's mostly for these, for these, for me, it's for the smaller schools. Yes, for the Nick Sabins of the world, for the Kirby Smarts of the world, for the Urban Myers who have a, a private jet, 15 minutes away, they can jump on it, go to dinner, be back that night. I think there's less excuses for those guys. You're exactly right, and and there is certain. 
I guess, obstacles that smaller schools will have to put up with. Do they put all their eggs in the basket for the second signing day? No, you're, you're exactly right on that. But here I'm talking about King Nick Saban, okay? When this guy comes out and says, I don't like it because he didn't get the results he wanted, I see that as an excuse. And again, I've got nothing for respect for him because obviously it would be find reasons it would be hard to find reasons to not respect him but here he's just flat wrong Aaron and and you know what find a way and he's obviously been able to find a way in the past and it's adapt and adjust let's go come on coach Saban I don't want to hear any excuses don't tell me how hard it is you've got a national championship you've got four and five stars falling from trees out there Give me a break. Get to work and just smile for the cameras, please, for one time. Do the Cupid shuffle. Do something. It is. He's not going to though. And then, listen. All media is all, all publicity is good publicity. So no, he's just totally going right. to keep doing. I mean, he got him in the national championship for goodness sakes. You don't think that people weren't watching his press conference when he was saying we, you know, we have the best best team when we're healthy. We're gonna we can win it all. You know, what was it two, three years ago? He's saying, hey, if you don't win your conference championship, you shouldn't be able to represent your conference in the playoffs. Listen, uh, he finds a way to make it happen. So you, you, I, I'm sure people, when he opens his mouth and says, I don't like this, people are going to be listening and saying, hey, Nick Saban, greatest coach of all time, doesn't like this. Maybe we should reconsider. <laughs> people no, are. Yeah, I know. People are going to look back and say, hey, the big man says no, then uh, no, you're maybe it's right. no go. You're totally right. So fun to talk about. So fun to um, just reminisce on what happened and what's to come. And unfortunately, Murray, it's over, dude. Football season's long gone. You said it earlier in the podcast. The Eagles are Super Bowl champions. I owed you dinner, but I was able to make a donation to ESP, Extra Special People in Athens, Georgia, and everybody should do that. As well, go to at ESP underscore INC on Twitter to find out how you can donate to the Bold Brothers and the Big Hearts pageant that's coming up this weekend. Murray, anything on the way out, my man? No, man. Like you said, it's kind of, I guess it's it's going to be baseball season soon. Oh, my God. Pitchers, catchers reporting in the next month or so. See if the Bravos can pull some magic off this year. I would just have to give you a, a quick prediction and say no, that they will not no, be able not to pull off any magic this year. But, you know, I'm watching uh, Georgia basketball right now, and they're losing by eight There's, to Vanderbilt. And, dude, they're uh, so hot and cold. I, I mean, if they, they beat Florida, then they just go down the tank. It's like it is a completely bipolar team. I feel bad for Mark Fox this yeah. year. He's just he's a great dude, great coach, but it's going to be very tough for McGarrity. If they don't make the tournament, his decision it is, it's, it's going to be a tough decision for him. You're totally right. But uh, now we have to force ourselves to pay attention to college basketball and then transition into the NBA. So tough times ahead for everybody, all football fans. But that's why we're here. The Punt and Pass podcast at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. Aaron is at Aaron Murray 11 and I am at Drew Butler 13. Stick with us around on social media because we'll let you know we're going to tape our next podcast, let you know if we have any live events happening in the near future, which I think Aaron and I are certainly talking about and getting some guests on and out and about with us. Again, big thanks to Trevor Lawrence for joining us on this edition of the Punt and Pass podcast. Aaron, good to talk to you as always, my friend, and for all of our listeners, we appreciate you. For Aaron, I'm Drew. This has been Punt and Pass. See you.